Thank you for being here this morning on beautiful Independence Day weekend. We celebrate the independence that we have in our country. And our country, our nation, it might not be perfect, but we do have freedom to come and worship the Lord. And many around this world do not have this freedom that we have this morning. Not, not one of us got up this morning worried about trying to sneak to church somewhere or try to hide somewhere and read the word of God or try to hide somewhere and, and proclaim the gospel. But we're free. And I thank God for that. And there have been a lot of men and women and many in this congregation now and that have gone on to be with the Lord that have served our country and fought for our freedom and stood for our freedom. And we honor that today. We honor them today. And I thank God also for spiritual freedom. Amen. Through Jesus Christ. No greater love than this. A man laid down his life for a friend and Christ laid down his life for us. I'm going to preach a sermon this morning, Ultimate Freedom. When I think about the freedom we enjoy, I think about this world that we live in. And I think sometimes, sometimes we can feel perplexed at times as we live life. Sometimes as Christians, we don't understand everything. We don't always understand all of God's moving, all of God's working in this world and in our lives. And I hope that this sermon today will help us with this tension and with the questions that some kind might fall into our lives and ultimately give us ultimate freedom. My point today is this, that when we put our trust in Christ, let me say it this way, when we put all of our eggs in his basket, we can have ultimate freedom. When we look to God and realize his sovereignty, that he is all sovereign, he is all powerful, he is always working, he is always doing, he's always moving on our behalf, we can have ultimate freedom. That does not always mean that the circumstance immediately changes. That does not always mean that we always get everything that we want. Somebody say amen to that. We don't always get everything we want. Sometimes the answer to our prayer is no. Sometimes the answer to our prayer is wait. But when we put all of our faith and our trust in God, knowing that he has it all in control and our lives are in his hands, we can experience what I'm calling today ultimate freedom and there's a powerful place when we can arrive there as believers as children of God a full trust in our sovereign almighty God I thought about this term inauguration inauguration and we have seen through the years president after president go through this process of a big elaborate inauguration day where they are starting their term. They have been given the power for four years and they are starting their agenda. They are starting their time in office. There was one, uh, I believe his name was William Henry Harrison. I meant to look it up. But there was one who gave such a long inauguration speech that he got sick and he passed away. Well, I guess it's not funny. He passed away a few days later. So he was stopped before he ever got started. He, he inaugurated and didn't get to go very far. I guess that's what you get for long-winded. That's why I'm not a long-winded preacher. <laughs> Said nobody ever, right? But when we talk about an inauguration, a beginning, a commencement of a presidential term, 
We see a bit of inauguration when it comes to our spiritual lives and when it comes to, to what theologians call eschatology or, or what God is doing in the future of this world. You see, we don't experience everything right now. How many knows as individual believers, we don't experience everything right now. We give our heart and our lives to Christ. But the fullness of what Christ is doing in us and through us and what he has to come ahead of us. So we're in this inauguration and we're moving forward, progressing into what God has for us and looking ahead. Sometimes this produces what I call on one of the slides internal tension. Internal tension. And I, I think we've all felt this before. We preach for example, divine healing. And I, let me say this, and, and you, you ought to say amen to this. I still believe there is divine healing available in the atonement. Somebody say amen this morning. But I also know that I have prayed for people, and you have prayed for people, and God decided a different path. There's always healing. You hear me this morning, there's always healing. Sometimes the healing is an eternal healing. And that's what we're looking, that's what all of us are looking for and we're striving for. But sometimes we have this internal tension. I want to tell us this morning, the same faith that we have in Christ to live by should be and can be and must be the same faith that we have in Christ to die by. The same faith that we have in Christ to accept and to receive what he has for us, and the blessings he has for us. That same faith that we should have to accept and to receive should be the same faith that we have to wait when he says, I have a different plan. Somebody say amen this morning. Now, I'm preaching a good pastoral message this morning. I'm preaching a good balanced message today, good theology this morning. My faith, I can live by it, but my faith, I can also die by it. My faith I can receive from it, but my faith tells me that if God says you need to wait to receive, I believe him enough, I have enough faith in him to wait until he works in his good time and in his good purpose. So we have this internal tension. This internal tension that says I'm believing God with all of my heart, but sometimes I'm not seeing him answer the way I thought he would answer. I'm believing God with all of my heart, but he, he doesn't seem to be answering the way that I want him to answer. And we have this internal tension sometimes, whereas he says, I want you to have salome. Salome. What is salome? Somebody say peace. All throughout the Old Testament and in Jewish culture, they use that term salome, peace. You see, what he wants us to have as mature Christians, as mature sons and daughters of God, is a settled, faithful salome, a settled, faithful peace that says, I believe you so much that I believe you can do all things, and I'm going to pray like you're going to do it, and I believe you can heal, and I believe you can even raise the dead, and I believe you can do all types of miracles, and I believe with all of my heart. But when you decide to do something different, I still believe with all of my heart. I have salome, I have peace, I have an understanding that you're working all things to my good. I believe you can do all things. I believe when, I, when you are working through the process. I have salome, I have peace 
He wants us to have a total peace in our mind, total peace in our soul, total peace in our body. A mature Christian who has settled the question that I'm going to serve God regardless of whether I am a Lazarus who he raises from the dead or if I'm a Job who has to walk through some things before I see restoration, I have a settled peace. You know, even Lazarus had to die again. Even Lazarus had to die. Can you imagine? I thought, uh, uh, you know, I'm a weird thinker sometimes. You don't have to say amen. I thought the other day, I thought, how would you write Lazarus obituary? <laughs> Lazarus, born in Bethany, brother of Mary and Martha, died a number of years ago, but then he died again yesterday. <laughs> Jesus raised him up. Then he died. You see what I'm preaching there. I know that's a little silly, but think about this. All of us as believers, we still live in this world we still live in this fallen world. We still live where the curse of sin and, and our inaugurated eschatology, our looking to the ending of things, tells us it's all going to be put back together again one day. But until then, we're still, as believers, living. Now, the Bible says that all creation, all creation, not even just us, but all of creation groans in anticipation, waiting for the day of this final redemption. But until that day, under the curse of sin, there is sickness. Under the curse of sin, it is appointed unto man once to die. You see all that this morning? We have to understand some things. Of God can do anything, and he will, and he heals, and he does miracles. But we still live in this fallen world. And until we get into the fullness of what he has for us to come. When he creates a new heaven and a new earth. There are going to be things that we have to walk through. And deal with. And live alongside. But I can still have peace. Salom on the inside. Somebody say the word peace. I can still have peace on the inside. And sometimes we get glimpses. Of that beautiful day. That will begin at the resurrection and will go out through all time when he establishes a new heaven and a new earth. Sometimes we get glimpses of all of that. When we see somebody divinely healed, we get a glimpse of what it's going to be like throughout eternity with him. When we see someone divinely saved, we get a glimpse. When we see someone divinely helped, when we see a miracle or God bless someone, we see a glimpse of all of that. But one day we shall live in the fullness of all of that. That should keep us going as believers. That should keep us going as believers. If we know that our sins have been forgiven and we're assured of, of following Christ and we're following him, we should know one day a better day is to come. This should also prevent us as believers or even as unbelievers of blaming God, right? Have you ever heard people blaming God? Have you ever heard people questioning God? Why, why, I don't understand. God didn't do this, God didn't do that. But you see, he has already paid the price and he already has in motion this beautiful time of perfection that we're all headed towards. But he'll give us peace as we live through this life. He'll give us peace as, as the trials and the valleys and the mountains come in our lives. We can have ultimate freedom when we put ultimate faith in him. We can have ultimate freedom 
when we put ultimate faith in him. Some of you young people should tweet that. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Twitter, Twitter. Ultimate freedom when we put our ultimate faith in him. Now, if you're struggling with the whys of this life, I've got a story to tell you. Actually, the Gospel of Luke has a story to tell you. If you're struggling with the whys of this life, if you're struggling with the doubts of this life, if you're struggling with the unknowns of this life, you're not alone this morning, and this pastor's not here to beat you up if, if you're struggling in your faith or if you're questioning why certain things have not panned out the way you want them to. You're not alone this morning. There's a man named John the Baptist that I want us to talk about a little bit this morning before we close. Let's look in Luke 7. 18 through 23. John the Baptist. Then the disciples of John the Baptist reported to him, they came back to him concerning all these things. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus. Now, John is in prison right now. Get this in your head. John the Baptist, because he spoke out against the sexual sin of the ruler, he is in prison right now. And John, calling two of his disciples to him, sent to him Jesus, sent them to Jesus, saying, Are you the coming one? They're saying to Jesus, Are you the Messiah? Are you the Messiah? John asked us to come and ask you, Are you the Messiah? Or do we look for another? When the men had come to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist has sent us to you, saying, Are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? And that very hour, Jesus cured many of infirmities. To get the picture of this, John's in prison. He, John sends some of his disciples to Jesus. He's wondering, why haven't you come and bailed me out? Why haven't you got me out of here? He sends his disciples to Jesus and says, ask him, are you the one? I mean, I thought you were the one. Are you the one? Are you the Messiah? And as they're asking these questions... Right in front of them, Jesus is curing many of infirmities, of afflictions, and evil spirits. And to many blind, he gave the sight. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the Baptist the things you have seen and heard. That the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. The poor have the gospel preached to them. That's pretty powerful stuff. John's over here in prison. John's getting prison food. Well, that'd be torture enough as it is. John is locked up. Jesus is over here healing everybody and blessing everybody and doing all these wonderful things. And John's disciples are seeing it. And Jesus says, you go back and tell him this revival that you're witnessing so that he'll know I am the Messiah. But notice something that's absent from the text. Jesus didn't say, let's get an Uber and you take me to where John is and I'm going to break him out of prison. He's my right hand man. He's been preaching for me. I'm going to get him out of there. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus didn't do that. Look at verse 23, what Jesus did. He said, tell John and bless is he? This is so rich if I could just communicate it this morning. He said, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. What he is saying is as Christians we are blessed. When we see everybody else getting blessed and we're saying, Lord, what about me? Lord, I need you. 
I'm expecting you, but I'm not seeing the answer. He said, blessed is he who is not offended because of me. He's saying, John, I have a different work for you. John, all these people I'm healing, all these people I'm raising up, I'm doing great things in their lives, but you have a different purpose. And right now you have to suffer. And just because I'm not coming through the way you want me to come through, don't get mad at me. Don't get offended at me. If that's good preaching, say amen this morning. I'll amen myself. That's pretty good preaching. Blessed is he who is not offended. That speaks to a mature Christian who has put their total faith in God and has a freedom in them that says come hell or high water come good come bad whether he blesses me again or he doesn't what did Job say though he slay me yet shall I serve him that is a mature Christian who has sold out Jesus said go back and tell him all this stuff but you tell him blessed are those that aren't offended because of me. You got to understand, we've got to understand something this morning. This was John the Baptist. This was John the Baptist. This was the one who was prophesied about in Isaiah that, that he's going to come and prepare the way of the Lord. This is John the Baptist. The one who was, this is Ken. He was related, earthly speaking, to Jesus. And Jesus still didn't go and miraculously get him out. This is John the Baptist. He's the one that was in his mother's womb. Remember? Remember the story? And when Mary came, Jesus was in her womb. And the Bible said John the Baptist leaped in the womb and he was filled with the Holy Ghost. This was John the Baptist. This was John the Baptist, the voice crying in the wilderness, make straight the paths of the Lord, prepare ye the way of the Lord. He was preaching repentance. He was preparing the way for Christ. This was Jesus' right-hand man. This was John the Baptist who was down in the, in the river Jordan baptizing and looked up one day and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist who baptized the Son heard the voice of the Father and saw the Holy Spirit descend like a dove. This is John the Baptist. This is not some Johnny come lately. And sometimes we can fall into this little thing and say, Lord, all of the things that I have done for you, yet you don't seem to be doing what I want you to do right now. Blessed are those who are not offended because of me. Now, if I had enough time this morning, Maybe it would be a good sequel to the sermon. If I had enough time this morning, I could take you down the path and I could talk to you about how John eventually lost his head. Hallelujah. Everybody happy about that? <laughs> Nobody's happy about that. I can tell you how Jesus didn't come through. It seemed, it seemed that he didn't come through. If I had time, I would tell you. I would tell you how they took his head off. I will tell you that how then he went into a place called uh, in the heart of the, of the earth where, where Christians were held on one side, believers and, and non-believers on the other. I will tell you how he went there, but I will tell you how when Jesus died, if I had enough time this morning, I will tell you how that when Jesus died, he went into the heart of the earth and he preached to the captives and he brought them out and he freed them. I would tell you that he always shows up for you. And he always shows up for me. And that 
Those days while he was in the tomb, his body was in the tomb. Jesus was in the heart of the earth and he was bringing out the saints of old. And that, my friends, included John the Baptist. You see, he always shows up. He always comes through. It's just not always in our timing. But what a great parade to come out of hell and death itself when Jesus came and took the keys and said, Come on, John the Baptist. You sent word for me when you were in the jail, but I had a greater plan of deliverance for you. Do you hear me preaching this morning? Blessed are those who are not offended because of me. Because if he's not seeming to be working right now, he's got a better plan. He's got a better plan. Let me give you some practical things before we close shop this morning. I like preaching in a t-shirt. I think I do better perhaps in a t-shirt. Maybe it's the socks. I like the socks. Here's some things we need to do. Continue sampling God's blessings. One day we're going to have it all in full. Now I had a lot of calls, emails, Faxes, different things came into the office this past week because I didn't mention any food last week in my sermon. No, actually only a couple people said so. So here it is. We're sampling this buffet of God's blessings. There's the food reference. We got it in this week. One day we're going to have the full banquet. Right? But right now we have what Fanny Crosby called a foretaste. Oh, if you, if you ever look at Fanny Crosby's hymns and you just read the lyrics of those hymns, it's like going through the school of theology and richness and sweetness all wrapped up in one. You ought to Google her and find and read some of those hymns. But one of those was Blessed Assurance and she talks about, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. She hit the nail right on the head. We're living in the foretaste. We're living in the time of sampling God's blessings as we live through this life. But one day, we will have it all. We'll have that all ultimate freedom. So continue sampling God's blessing. Here's another thing we need to continue to do in light of this story of John the Baptist this morning and in light of God working in our lives. Continue in God's timing. Continue in God's timing. I got a call about a year or two ago. It was from my old piano teacher. She gave me a call. She, she wanted to find, I'm sure this is what it was, her star pupil from all those years ago. I know that's what it had to have been. And I, I was sitting in the post office in the parking lot, just got this random call and took it. It was her. Now, she didn't tell me this, but I'm sure she wanted to probably say something like, uh, you were the best student I ever had. No, I mean, I'm sure that's what she wanted to say. But, uh, but she, you know, she didn't say it. But I remember, <laughs> I'm just joking, by the way. But I remember that she was strict on counting. And you musicians, you know this. You, you got, you know, you might be in 4-4 four, four time. You might be in 3-4 time. You might be in cut time. But whatever time you're in, you got to keep that time. And that's why you see some musicians patting their toes, right? You'll see them, or patting their toes, patting their feet. Well, I guess the toes part of that. They're patting, patting, right? They keep it. 
But every once in a while, she would get really official on me, and she would get really, really tight on me, and she would bring out what was called a metronome. And a metronome was an electronic device that... And there's no fudging. There's no fudging on an electric metronome because you're stuck. You better be hitting that beat or it's going to be noticeable. Sometimes I wonder how she would shake her head if she saw me playing some today the way I play sometimes. But that metronome kept the time, kept the time. And I want to tell us this morning as we're living in light of everything that we have talked about today, we need to make sure we're living in God's timing. And if I'm living in God's timing, I can be more content with my life, right? If I'm living in the metronome of the Holy Spirit, I can have more peace in my life. And I can realize God is working how he wills and desires in and through my life, the metronome. We need to continue to foretaste of the glory divine. We need to continue living in God's timing. And then we need to continue pursuing the promise, the promise the doctrine I want to mention this morning in all of this for us is our glorification. Glorification is the finality of our salvation. We're saved when we give our hearts and lives to the Lord. And we progress in sanctification and in holiness. And, and we try to conform to His image. But one day this mortal body will lay down. You can read about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 if you have time this week about how this corruptible one day will put on incorruption, how this mortal will one day put on immortality. It's glorification and one day when we have that glorified body we won't have to worry about all of these things that bother us here anymore. We continue pursuing the promise that is before us. So how about it this morning? How about it this morning? Do we want to live in the internal tension and every time things don't work out the way that we hope they will, or every time we have a challenge that we're, we don't want to have, we're just going to kind of fall into that? Or do we want to live in a salome, a peace, an understanding that God is in control of our lives as believers? We're living in a time, one author said this, he said, we're living in a time when the kingdom, kingdom of God, has been inaugurated, has been started, but it's not fully consummated. It's been inaugurated, but it's not fully consummated. What's that mean? We keep the hope and the promises before us. Our final answer is this. Our final answer is with God. Everybody get that this morning, please. Our final answer is with God, and you know what? That's okay. Somebody say, okay. Our final answer is with God, and that's okay. Our final peace is with God, and that's okay. Fill in the blank. Our final provision is with God, and that's okay. Fill in the blank, whatever you want to put in there. Our final healing is with God, and that's okay. Our final salvation is with God. And I'll guarantee you, that is okay. Would you stand with me this morning? Ultimate freedom. Ultimate freedom. You know what that leads me to thinking about is that song that says, You never stop. You never stop working. 
Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. My final answer is with God. And that's okay. And that's okay. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? This altar is open. If you want to come and pray, seek the Lord, be prayed for, come and accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. This altar is open for you this morning. I ask you today, first and foremost, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Maybe you're here in this building, in this room, and you're not sure of your salvation. Let me say it with all love, but with all confidence. You can know that you're right with God. We don't have to guess. We don't have to question. And so today, if you're unsure, make things right with God. Ask Him to forgive you of your sin. Ask Him to come into your heart and into your life. Be the best decision you've ever made. You can do that right where you're standing and then make, make it known. Let somebody know about it. Begin to serve the Lord. You can come up here and we'll pray with you and we'll pray for you. But do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you know this peace, this assurance, this faith that I've been preaching about this morning? But secondly, I ask you this. Are you in a place of some inner tension? And on the inside of your emotions or in your mind, you're saying, Lord, why this, why that? And I don't understand, Lord, and I, I'm just struggling with some things. I firmly believe this morning through the Word of God that the Lord wants to say to you, you can have peace, you can have salome in your heart and in your mind. And oh yes, you can believe for big things and pray for big things and pray for miraculous things because God does all things. But until He does those things, you can have His peace in your heart and in your mind through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this beautiful story about John the Baptist who seemingly did everything right but then seemed to be forsaken and seemed to be at loss and, and even started to doubt a little bit and said, Lord, where are you? And it seemed like that God had forgotten him. But I thank you, Lord, that on that great day when Jesus went down into the heart of the earth, John found out he had not forgotten him. He just had a greater plan. He just had a greater resurrection. He had a greater, greater, greater victory for John. And Lord, I believe in all of our hearts and lives that we can pray and believe for big things. And Lord, when they come, we rejoice, we celebrate, and we give you the credit and the praise. But I also believe, God, we can pray and sometimes you say, hey, I'm going to take you through a process and I'm going to have you wait. But you wait with peace. Wait with peace. Wait with peace and wait with confidence because I will come through and I will move for you and it will be greater than what you're praying for. So God, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit this morning that
that you would encourage somebody, some son, some daughter of God this morning, that they can leave this house with shalom, with peace in their minds, peace in their hearts. We serve a sovereign, faithful God, and we have ultimate freedom in Him. And we rejoice now knowing that you're ever working and you never stop. You never stop working, and you're working all things to our good. And Lord, we believe in the good times. We believe in the tough times. And we thank you. And we live in peace. We live in confidence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I speak in the name of Jesus Christ. Peace over your people this morning. I speak in the name of Jesus Christ. Confidence over your people this morning. I speak in the name of Jesus Christ. Assurance. As, as Fanny Crosby wrote, that blessed assurance that Jesus is mine. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Confirm your word today. Bless your people today. Encourage us this morning.